0: Yeah. <laughs> welcome into the fourth and forever podcast we are back again and sorry again for our, our little uh hemming and hopping humming and heying whatever you want to call it uh we we've just been a bit busy over the last little while, so like, what can you do? There, there's been a lot on our plates, um, but uh, we're we're back and we're really working on this new formula, which is a little more free flowing, uh, a, a little more uh, into the stories of the actual like teams rather than the games, I think. Um, and of course, when I say we, I mean myself and of course my esteemed colleague Mr. Darren Butter, who is joining me on the line just now. How's it going, Darren? It's good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've just been um, sitting around watching episodes of South Park that I'd totally forgotten existed, and uh, noshing back some risotto. So just uh, smashing it.
1: So went to
0: an Irish bar
1: in Picton and ate an Irish stew, and it was very nice. It's
0: been an Irish stew yes. as opposed to a Scottish one. It's yes, not, not that you eat me or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how how is Picton down? And uh, for for those of uh, the people on the, the the listening side of things, uh, why why are you down there? What is Picton? Picton is the port <laughs> like?
1: where the ferry comes into the South Island. So I got on the ferry from Wellington, and I got to Picton. And Picton is the gateway to the South, as it's called. So
0: I am. Um... So they call it, or the gateway to get away from it. Yeah. when you're like trying to escape. Yeah. Still dragged drag back though, still doing a podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah, I will be
1: escaping for a few days, uh, I've got a few few things to take care of life admin-wise, so I'm just going to stay with some friends in Greymouth, which is on the west coast of New Zealand,
0: and... Beautiful, beautiful west coast, but uh, Greymouth, the least beautiful of all the places <laughs> on the west coast, but uh, still, do- I think there's a Spates Hill house yeah. there, so you'll be alright. My friends live in Perua, so it's not, not Greymouth, exactly, so... Apparently quite pretty. Close enough. Yeah, lovely drive that way. Um, uh, I think was, was Greymouth that that place where they had um, that guy who was um, videoed taking his powerboat into a uh, like pontoon or something like that a little while ago. Probably, probably. Greymouth's kind I'm of place. Pretty where sure it
1: was. Greymouth's the kind of place where someone will get bitten by a shark, strap it up, and then go to the pub. That's kind of where Grey Mouth is on the spectrum.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I think um, on that that Guy Williams uh, New Zealand Today show, uh, which is still available for anyone on YouTube, and I would strongly recommend it if you want a nice bit of Kiwi humour, and also just a bit of a background as to what tends to go on around here. Uh, guy Williams went into Greymouth and just asked do you know who this guy is in this uh, speedboat video and someone went oh yeah that's that's Dave he lives just down the road It's just as simple as that like you can literally rock up into a town and just say like oh do you know who that is like oh yeah straight away but, like n- n- not even any asking about just one person to be fair yes. Wellington's a bit like that as well yeah but I mean the, the, the greater Wellington region houses about 550,000 people or something like that Whereas Greymouth's a town of about... Twelve. Not many. <laughs> yeah, twelve people. Yeah, that's right. It's bigger anyway, than that. Anyway, um, as much as I would love to uh, delve into New Zealand, maybe that's an entirely separate podcast. I have been discussing that with other people as well, but uh, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> this is an NFL podcast. So we uh, Surprisingly enough. And like, well, I know... Oh, sorry, Darren, did I forget to mention that? Damn. I know you were a little bit up in the NBA at the moment, but... Uh, Yeah, NFL is what's actually happening right now. Yes, yes, we're doing NFL. Okay, I need to make a cough display
1: last night.
0: Excuse me, I am suffering a bit at the moment, uh, off off work, and um, yeah, I've kind of been saving my voice all day. Um, I'll probably be coughing and spluttering every now and again. I'll try not to do it too often, guys. Um, Anyway, um, we have some questions to ask and answer at the same time. Um, so, we're kind of going to look at who we think might be in trouble, or at least ask, are these teams in trouble? Um, do, what do we think about other teams here and there? Um, maybe take a look at the, the rookie quarterback class to this point as well. Uh, and just generally ask about a few other things that uh, I, I have questions on. So, to kick things off, uh, I am looking to talk to you, Darren, <laughs> about the teams that I think... Well, not Sorry, not the teams I think, but I am questioning whether or not they might be in some sort of trouble or, you know, just where, where, where they are on the scale of super comfortable to being a complete washout or, or fakes, right? So I want to start off with the Green Bay Packers. So uh, back in week eight, they lost to the Minnesota Vikings in a, a result that surprised a lot of people, uh, myself included. I need to cough again, my apologies. Um, And then people sort of said, oh, that was just a blip on the radar. And then they went and they absolutely rolled over the San Francisco 49ers last week. But that's a 49ers team that was just absolutely riddled with injury. They didn't have their starting quarterback. They didn't have George Kittle. They didn't have their entire wide receiving core. None of their running backs. It was down to Jermichael Hasty. Uh, they had uh, half their offensive line was gone as well with the likes of Trent Williams. Um, it was just a real mess there. So Green Bay went in there, won comfortably, uh, despite the fact that they didn't have most of their running backs, but they had the one that counted in Aaron Jones, who returned right in the nick of time and uh, and was set to play. So they won that one 34-17. Are the, are the Packers in, in trouble, Darren, uh, or are they still, like, the powerhouse in the NFC? Oh, I don't really think there is a powerhouse in the NFC
1: just now. I think the NFC's pretty weak, to be honest. Um, the big the, well, teams... the
0: closest thing that we have?
1: Well, if you look at the other team that's on the same record, the Saints, they're not super-duper either. Um, I guess they're probably, at the moment, one of the most competitive teams in, in the NFC, but they have some glaring problems like their run defense is really bad they they didn't really pick yeah. up a, a run focused linebacker
0: um, they would have it's that's, that's it's, kind of cuz like they they are just they dare teams to just run on them because they, they they just shore up against the pass and and let them run at them so if you have a good running game then Might be in some serious trouble so say if they have to come up against a team like uh, tennessee or something like that then you'd expect them to get run all over right yeah
1: well this is what i find quite well tennessee they they wouldn't play until the um (coughs) super bowl
0: yeah i know but like a team like tennessee or i mean in six weeks time they come up against the panthers but that's a long way away and and I, I actually don't know if we're going to get any idea about what the Packers are over the next few weeks, because the, this week they have the, the Jaguars, following week they have the Colts, might be a bit of a problem, but they don't have a running game either. Uh, then the Bears, again, no real running game. Eagles, no real running game. Lions, no real running game. Then it's the Panthers, then they face the Titans in week 16, and then it's the Bears again in week 17. Um, but of course, that's me just focusing on the running side of things. But... In general, that schedule sounds pretty doable to me.
1: Yeah, one thing that I'm finding interesting with the way the Packers are having issues in on defense is that so many teams never went for Clowney when he was available. Like he didn't get signed by the Titans until like just before the season started. Clowney would have yeah, been. Yeah, he's a, been dreadful with them. He'd have been a a great fit for the Packers in terms of like being able to stop the you run. Think? Yeah, he's a run blocker first. Mm, he's not. Maybe. He's not a pass rusher first. He's a. Brilliantly graded in, in the in the run game. I think they just mm. don't have enough in the Packers to to really get teams off the field. You know, if a running back's averaging five yards a carry or whatever silly thing Cook mm. was getting, that um that's difficult. But you know, you don't play someone like Dalvin Cook every week, as you just said. They don't have to play. I think when you say the hardest running back they've got to play is a is AD.
0: Um. Yeah, and he's like, what, 35 now? Um, yeah, the, the other ones, I mean, Christian McCaffrey will be back for the Panthers, and even if they don't have the Panthers, um, it's quite likely that Mike Davis might still be able to run all over them, and then there's uh, the, the Titans as well. Um, Eagles, they might get healthy by the time they have to play them.
1: Um, still, I mean, Saturday. actually,
0: I think looking at the rest of the, the season, uh, the, probably the only guaranteed good running back to play against is James Robinson next week, right? And like I'm, I'm rating him. I think James Robinson's a fantastic running back. He's one of the best in the league at the moment, uh, statistically. Um, I guess it just depends on how quickly the Packers get out ahead there. Like I, I think, I think the Packers will really need to get ahead actually, because I think the Jaguars could even be a team that might even be uh, a surprise for them. Yeah,
1: well, Luton was frisky um, in
0: his first. He game. had his moments. Yeah.
1: Tall quarterback. Um, Be on the Broncos next year for seventy-eight million over five years. (laughs) Um he's it's all about Rodgers with the Packers. The Aaron Rodgers is still in that top tier or just under that top tier of quarterbacks and he um he wins games on his own. So I think while they've got him and they've got Aaron Jones and they've got Devontae Adams, who have only actually played they've played hardly any snaps together this season. Um Mm. I think they're going to be a challenge for anyone but the hardest team for them to play would be the 49ers this <clears> year as well maybe the Rams if um their running game comes to the you know the fore
0: but the, yeah, the Rams running game's been good but like they they played the 49ers when they were so weak yeah and um, I, I- that they just couldn't really do anything they couldn't they couldn't pass so then they just said like well we'll, we'll just stop the run because Jermichael Hasty might be something but they didn't have an offensive line either so
1: did they do they expect to have Coleman and um and all the other running back Jared McKinnon, McKinnon. But, well,
0: Jared McKinnon is back again now I believe but um yeah there's is the offensive lines still gone the wide receivers are still out George Kittle might be out for a few weeks um but of course Jimmy Garoppolo is out for at least another 6 weeks i believe kettle's out for 6 and actually weeks. That, that that's
1: yeah he broke his foot. yeah
0: and that, that, that's another thing i want to want to ask you about actually um so first of all the 49ers are done right
1: um in that division it does appear so
0: um, okay that was easy <laughs> uh, if, they weren't, and, uh, like, if they were on a, a side note to division. that
1: NFC East, for yeah. example,
0: they probably wouldn't be. But um Oh the NFC East, for example. Then <laughs> I could go over and win the NFC East single handedly. <laughs> well, that's a bit mean to Chase Young and Alex Smith, but that's fine.
1: They're gonna end up winning mean, the mean fair. Anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> the um
0: But well, uh, yeah.
1: The Forty Niners have just had the worst luck this year and um
0: Yeah, it's been terrible.
1: I think it, I don't know if it really shows that um, where Garoppolo's at, um, like they haven't been much different with any of the other quarterbacks they've had in. I think a couple of the most mm-hmm. impressive drives this season have been from C.J. Befford, um and then they had that little um garbage time run at the end of the Seahawks game that um. They were able to put together. So I don't know. Mm-hmm where they're at with Garoppolo, because he's only like two million on the cap or something next year, so.
0: Yeah, that was the point that I was trying to weasel my way towards, is that um, we've been hearing that because of this injury, and that uh, potential, you know, lack of impact, that we could have seen the last of Jimmy G in San Francisco. Are are you buying into that thought? No, I think he comes back this year
1: to play, so I think he'll get Mm. the five, six games. I think they know what they've got in Befford, and his name keeps escaping me. I know he went to East Mississippi, but other than that I can't. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, that's it. Yeah. Not like how I can remember the school he went to, but it's not his bloody name. It's, thank you,
0: Brian. Yeah. It's always, always <laughs> well, helpful. Like, obviously I think if, if you have the team around the quarterback, um a lot of people seem to believe that uh Rembrandt, uh, Kyle Shanahan, as people are calling him, uh certainly in the, the around the NFL spheres a lot of people seem to think that perhaps he just needs the team around the quarterback and he doesn't need a franchise quarterback. That's taking up $25 million on the cap. Um, if they have the pieces around someone like a Nick Mullins, then maybe they can be successful that way. And I mean, at the moment they're sitting at um, 16th spot in the draft for next season. Like, is, is it possible that they just let Jimmy G go? Uh, because, like you say, it's not going to cost much against the cap. Well, they're going to have. If
1: they were to call it now and they were literally looking at um, just playing Mullins and resting Kiddo, and say they lose the next three games, and they're what? That'll put them to like, what? Nine and four? Something like that. Mm. Um, then, or well, eight, four and nine even then maybe they can now look at it and go, well, actually, we don't need to do anything because we'll just sit here and we'll get ourselves a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson mm. from BYU or a you know, um, Kyle Trask from Florida. And we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll go from there because I think the style of quarterback, the game manager quarterback that Jimmy G is, <clears throat> is kind of going out the window. And we saw that. From an entertainment point of view as well, I think the fans want the Kyler versus Tua, and yeah, and the I mean, like, whole can, can, can you imagine if Deshaun. they had a
0: running quarterback as well? Yeah. Yeah. So, if if you have if you have the running threat, that makes that team like really really threatening. Um, but they could also do the I thing mean,
1: next it, year where they look at it and go, "Well, we've got, we'll keep Jimmy G, but we'll spend our first round pick on getting getting Travis Etienne, and then you've got an elite mm.
0: running back." Um, I mean, you've already got a bunch of good running backs. You don't need another one. Like, Raheem Mostert is great when he's healthy. Yeah, don't um, um, like, I don't think he's I still think that it's like it's having the right type of pieces in that offense seems to be the way that they want to go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G was out at the end of the season, um, but I think it will really depend on who is available and what kind of fit they are. And there, there's been talk about, you know, what if Kirk Cousins is available? Like that might work out nicely for them. Otherwise, you might get Sam Darnold on a really cheap deal, um, maybe like a maybe even as little as a, a, a fourth or like third or fourth round pick with um, them moving on to Trevor Lawrence. Well, I think um, if you look at where those guys work,
1: if you look at this year, and how you know it seemed a little deep in quarterbacks, but weren't sure about Herbert, you know, not sure about Love, but teams got them, and pretty much every quarterback that was taken that's played has been pretty impressive, so why spend... Oh hey
0: man, you're spoiling my my segment for later on, come on, just keep keep on the down low.
1: Why spend 20 million on Cousins? It's probably going to be about 35 guaranteed on Cousins when you can get Zach Wilson with like the 25th pick from
0: BYU. Cousins market is, um, you know, not as big as it previously was, because there's there's not a like tremendous lack of quarterbacks these days. I'm like, I I would say that like so Sam Darnold, you would be able to get on a cheaper deal purely because he's not succeeded yet. But if you have him in that system, uh, return to California, I could I could see that being something that would work. I mean, uh, what what if Baker Mayfield were to go there? Ah, <laughs> that
1: thing is breaking. There we go. Okay. <laughs> one of my friends just sent me their story and I opened it. <laughs> it
0: was really loud. Why, why, why did you do
1: that, Darren? We're in the middle of a podcast. It's you have to tell them to, around. To, to get lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, I... Oh, no, Cousins would not... If I was a 49ers fan and I thought that we had a chance to win it all with the Kyle Shanahan window and this offensive line and and the, the, the team they've built, you know, you've got Williams is, Trent Williams the highest rated offensive lineman in the league. A tackle, even. Um, I wouldn't be happy and excited if it was...
0: You, know, like you, don't, you don't need a tremendous quarterback. You don't need all that tremendous excitement. Like, the likes of, like Jimmy G's never been an exciting quarterback. Um, at least Kirk Cousins can do this. Like, I would probably say that, given the right team, Cousins might be a better quarterback. Sorry, not just the right team, but the right um, the right play calling as well. And I think anyone would be able to succeed in, in that right there. Okay. Well maybe that they stick with um stick with Mullins. Wouldn't totally surprise me, but I think maybe he might be a little step below what they really want in terms of a game manager. Like I reckon he's just below starting caliber. Um, but, yeah, it wouldn't totally surprise me. Actually no. Actually, no, I take that back. It would totally surprise me. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they have some work to do. Um, another team I want to question you on here, uh, gets us back on track, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do we think of them? Because they were run all over by Miami, like mainly, mainly the defense. Uh, but do you just put that down to Brian Flores knowing exactly what he's doing against Jared Goff and Sean McVay, um, or do they actually have a, a real like problem?
1: I think McVay has shown quite often that we, we give him all of this um, you know pra- praise and stuff for <clears throat> how he can you know change a a, a team and the way he builds his offence. But he doesn't seem to like to adjust his teams when it's not quite working. Um, And that's been a little bit of an issue. Uh, You know, Jared Goff was not having a good time against the Dolphins last week. And instead of changing it up and going more to running earlier, they kept going to these fades. And what, they had four interceptions or four um turnovers in the first quarter. Um and there was no way back in the game. So they have to keep it tight. They have to keep themselves in games because I just don't think they are as explosive as they probably want to be. Um mm-hmm. in terms of their weapons. But I, I think they're they're going to be battle-hardened when they get into the the playoffs because just because of the division and the the teams they've had to play, you know, they've um They've seen it all, I think, by the time they get to the playoffs. So if they sneak in, you know, with no fans or minimal fans, like, you don't want to be playing... You've got no fans. You don't want to be playing the Rams and, you know, the wild card. Because, um, you know, they have a, an opportunity to go all the way if they're, if they're firing. But Jared Goff's another one where it's like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> is it is it there? Yeah, I know, like... Uh, Looking back at the teams they've beaten this season, uh, there's the Cowboys in Week 1, Eagles in Week 2, Giants in Week 4, Redskins, sorry, Washington football team in Week 5. And that's where we are at. Oh, sorry, no, they also beat the Bears uh, in Week 7. So that's not a particularly impressive schedule they've had to come up against. They were... Beaten by the Dolphins uh, two weeks ago, and the 49ers a few weeks before that, and three weeks before that, they were beaten by the Bills. So Bills are good. whenever they've come up against a, a good team or anything else, they've not been that great. So I'm kind of thinking that, like, they might not be nearly as good as people think they are. Oh, maybe.
1: I we're not going to know, because they've got to play their whole their own division.
0: <laughs> completely yeah. play the role. And we're going to find out that I think we're going to find out what the Rams are pretty quickly over the next few weeks because they uh, have the Seahawks, Buccaneers, 49ers might be a, might be a gimme for all we know at the moment. Then they have the Cardinals, Patriots, Jets, Seahawks again and Cardinals again. So like over the next little while, I think we're really going to get an idea of what they are. Um like I have a sneaky suspicion that they might not be all that. Yes. Well, they've won the games that they've needed to win so
1: far in the NFC. Like, look, sometimes it just happens that way. You get to play an absolutely terrible, historically terrible division. Yeah,
0: you you only play, you only play who you're up against and everything yeah. like that. I believe the Rams are actually still technically leading the NFC East um, by at least a game. Yeah. I think the, the and, Dolphins
1: uh, have shown this week that they are a good team. So getting beat by the Dolphins away isn't that big a deal to me. Um, mm-hmm. Getting beat by the Bills at home, eh, but the Bills have been impressive too. So they've been up and down, but they they were up then certainly. Yeah. So it's it's going to be um, the two games against the Seahawks that define their season. If they get absolutely blown out by the Seahawks, totally. then they're probably
0: done. Mhm. Um, I mean, the Seahawks can't blow anyone out. They can put up a ridiculous amount of points, but. Their defense can also concede a ridiculous amount of points, so it just depends on you know certain rolls of the dice. I mean, the Patriots could have beaten the Seahawks back in Week Two. Um, you know, just depends. Um, another team I want to hit real quick before we move on to like ones that are in the middle, perhaps um, the Tennessee Titans. So they've had some pretty like a couple of pretty impressive wins but they've had a lot of really close ones and they've had ones that just look like... The, the Bengals' loss jumps off off the whole page to me. Um, they just beat the Broncos in the first week of the season. Uh, they only beat the Jaguars by three points. Uh, they only beat the, the Vikings by one. They trounced the Bills. They had to go to overtime to beat the Texans and they were beaten by the Steelers just... like it's, They've been in a lot of games. They've been really close. But it's against teams like the the Vikings which we know have not been great and uh and the, the Bengals who you know they've certainly had their problems um what 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 do we think about the Titans right now because that that defense is a problem again right
1: maybe but their red zone efficiency is off the charts and they they've only had to do Enough to win games. Like they haven't needed to really pull it out in a lot of the games. Uh, I think the Texans game, which was a division game, a rivalry game, um, especially mm-hmm. if them used to be, you know, they used to be the Houston team. Um, <laughs> all this stuff, like they're always competitive games. You know, the AFC South is a knife fight. So they they've won the games they've needed to, and Tannehill looks really impressive on very little you know, work. They're running the ball a lot. But when they ask Tannehill to throw it, he's hitting his men. Um, I I think it's gonna be a very similar season for them. They're gonna be very frisky in the playoffs. If the playoffs run the way they <clears> could, they could make the, you know, the championship game, but they're not probably not going to have enough to beat, beat a Chiefs or um who else are even in 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 the running at the moment, I just feel like it's a one horse race just now <laughs> for everything. Yeah, I get, the Steelers, I get that. like yeah, like they might be able to put something up against the Steelers, but there are teams that will, because of the defense, be able to 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 put it on them. Um, yeah, well, I think the are, um, they're, they're they're one of the teams that your, will struggle your. against the NFC teams. For what we're saying about you know the NFC not really having any clear leaders, but if <clears> if Brady or or um breeze or rogers make the the super bowl and the titans are the the team on the other side the titans could struggle with that kind of you know passing game but yeah i because they don't they've had to trade for cornerbacks they've, they've been absolutely ridden with this covid stuff like the the list of players that were out for the bears game on sunday was like the whole screen yeah, yeah. And they still managed but to win. Get, getting easily.
0: getting Desmond King in from uh, the Los Angeles Chargers might be like a total steal. Um, like he, he was he was like pretty much an All Pro at times when he was with uh, Los Angeles, um, and getting him for a sixth round pick and immediate dividends when he returned a fumble for a touchdown at the weekend. Like he, he's a playmaker. He always no he has a nose for the ball, and he can really do something in that team. Um, Next week, they have the Colts, and the week after that, they have the Ravens. So I think that's going to tell us a lot about them as well, because... Sorry, I need to cough. <coughs> uh, the Colts... This will be the first time they play the Colts this year, right? Uh, they do play them again two weeks afterwards as well. Um, but they, they've been unpredictable, I would say. And then afterwards, they have the Ravens, which are still... A, a real force to be reckoned with, especially on defense that Ravens defense is mean as right now and uh, like if if they get it get Lamar clicking on all cylinders again, that, that's gonna be a real problem for them like I, I basically still see the Titans sweeping this division um and they, they could still end up like pretty much because of their schedule. It'll depend on what happens in Baltimore and Green Bay. Effectively, on it, on whether they end up getting that wildcard wild card slot, like they they could still end up actually getting, um, however many wins this season. I think what is it, three three losses? Like they, they might not lose again the rest of the season. I think. Yeah. Um, no, def. Apart from, apart from the Ravens, I think maybe the Ravens is the one they might lose. Ravens' <laughs> offense
1: is absolutely rubbish just now, so um, they'll need to fix a few things if they want to
0: beat the Titans. Um, if Mark if Mark Ingram comes back and their the defense gets healthy and the the offense the offense gets healthy uh then there's still going to be a problem yeah that's the way I look at it um quick question what happened to the bucks this week um no comment <laughs> i've no All idea right fair enough no idea what happened to the bucks it was just it was uh, a shit show i've uh, i i've not it's been a long time since I've seen a team which just on paper looked so high powered. Um, over the over the first little while, and, like everyone just saw them hitting their stride. Like that was what was happening in everyone's eyes. It's like, oh man, and Antonio Antonio Brown's coming in now. Oh geez, like what's like like surely this team's going to be unstoppable, and then they were just unstartable. They just, they could not do anything against the Saints. That defense for the Saints just stepped up and uh like like caused turnovers it they they just shut down all the wide receivers uh like tom brady had three interceptions for the first time since 2012 i believe um the running game had eight yards in total just they could get nothing going at all and on the flip side of things drew brees who we've been burying all season as just kind of being like like a noodle arm who can't run a team, or if he runs up against a a big team, they're just going to suck. And he went 26 for 32, 222 yards, four touchdowns. Now, that actually says quite a lot to me. 26 completions, just 222 yards. Average depth of target is not much. But it's effective in chewing up the clock. Yeah, he is, which is what they did against this Tampa Bay team, and just kept the ball out of the, the out of Brady's hands. But when Brady did get it, they had to throw. They only have five carries the entire game, the Buccaneers, because they fell behind so early on.
1: Yeah, Mina Kimes made a good point on ESPN saying that the um, you know Drew Fre- Drew Brees might not be able to throw it down the field anymore, but he's still the best in the world at throwing at seven yards. Um, yeah. And he's so accurate. And the the um, the um Bucks were playing such a weird defense against him. It's like they were trying to cover the mid to, you know, far passes, and they were just letting him dink and dunk it wherever he wanted to. They were kind of playing soft zone, you know, no pressure, um, and it just didn't work. Just let him do whatever he wanted to do. Um, and I think it was a failing I think they should have been putting as much pressure as they possibly could on Breeze even if he was getting out to Kamara so still think you need to put bodies on him and make him uncomfortable and they didn't manage to do that all game and then on the, the other side Jordan and Latimer and all that they made Brady very uncomfortable Um, so I think it was just—it's the coaching failing. There was people saying it's Antonio Brown's fault, which finds funny. I don't think it's Antonio
0: Brown's fault <laughs> at all.
1: Um,
0: That—that's pretty dumb. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's Brady's fault either. Brown Br- was, Br- 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 was interesting. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I
1: do think when you've got a forty-three-year-old quarterback in a team that have not had a proper off-season, then I think games like this happen, and I think games like this can happen to anyone. It happened to the Packers in the reverse yep. of this. Um, yeah. It happened to the Packers against the Vikings. And, you know, um, the Cardinals ran up on the Cowboys and, and stuff like that. So it's like, I think these games in this season, especially, can get away from people. I think it, for some reason, this season it just seems to be two mistakes in a row and you're down 14 0, and it's just impossible to come back. Um, you saw that yeah. with the Rams last week against the Dolphins as well. Mm. There's just been a lot more of those games, a lot more of the fantasy garbage time point scoring you know the, doesn't mean anything in yeah. the game um yeah and I just think a lot of teams are going to have this like the the first game was a lot more competitive and Brady wasn't quite himself and they paid for that this game I think is just an outlier you know they're still going to have to play the Falcons and the the Panthers and yeah there's the, always the, the there's Bucks always going to be going to get enough wins to be a decent team in the playoffs so you know um they're not going to get to the second weekend. They'll have to play a wild card, and it's probably going to be their own fault for giving up two losses to the Saints. So, um, mm. not the team you want to be getting beat by. In this you can get beat by anyone, to, and still win that yeah. division. Just don't get beat <laughs> by the Saints twice, you know. So they'll be catching themselves, and I I fear for whoever they're playing next. Are they on by this week? Um, uh, the
0: Bucks, I think, uh, are on by soon, uh, but maybe not this week. No, they're playing uh, yeah, the Panthers. quickly check that for you. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, Pan- Panthers this week. Uh, Rams the week after. We yes. And then Chiefs. Uh, God, when, when, when is their bye? Uh, it's after the Chiefs after game. Oh, so it is. Man, they have a late bye week. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens then. Um, yeah that like l- like you say these games do happen people tend to get carried away with them and say oh well that's it that's their season over like, they, they like they like they clearly suck but like the buccaneers don't suck um they just had a sucky game it can happen to anyone and i'm just glad it was tom brady this week <laughs> uh <laughs> moving on and let's talk about the rookie quarterback class because Tua is Tua and O. Uh, Thank you. I've been saving that one up since I started the podcast when I thought about it. Justin Herbert is smashing these crazy plays all over the place, putting up touchdowns, but only has one win to his name for it. Uh, It's not his fault. Um, The Bengals, they might be turning a corner. Joe Burrow is looking really consistent week on week. What's your thoughts on this rookie quarterback? Class so far and the situations they find themselves in, starting with uh, Joe Burrow, since he was the first overall pick.
1: Um, Joe Burrow's very impressive to me. Um, he is a proper quarterback, and he can
0: pretty much do whatever he wants um, if he has the tools. Well, he he has the tools, but it's whether he gets the time to use them. Yeah. Seems to be the problem. But 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 he even has tools to combat that. Because his ability to escape pressure has been very impressive so far.
1: Yeah, I was saying this the other week, that that, um, that impressive turn-the-corner speed that Burrow to a... Um, not, Herbert's not as quick, but he's definitely mobile. Um, it's just showing how difficult it is for the older quarterbacks and the, the Baker Mayfields and stuff to, to compete. Because you need that speed now. It just seems like the NFL is going for you know being able to escape and keep plays alive. And he does mm. like Bur- Burrows just got a mix of skills that are just really impressive. Like when he stands in the pocket and he picks out his like mid-range passes, he looks like Brady. But then when he skips to the right and throws on the run, he looks like Rogers. He's just it's just impressive, especially considering they've got Tyler Boyd and T Higgins and not much else. Um, yeah, and they haven't really got an offensive line, so if they need to retool, but they need to retool quite heavily. So we're still probably gonna have a couple of years of Burrow maybe getting, you know, a four and 13, a four and twelve, or a five and eleven. Um, but he's gonna win them games that they shouldn't win, like the Chargers game, and you know, yeah, like.
0: He's gonna keep them in games. But the thing is, Darren, everyone wins games they shouldn't win against the Chargers. That's just what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the the numbers have been absolutely insane against poor Justin Herbert this year, and it's not been his fault. They've just always found ways to mess it up. He was um,
1: um, Burrow was really impre- impressive against the Browns. It was a it was a shootout, and he kept the minute right until the end. And you know that that ability to get punched in the face and watch your defence do absolutely nothing and then come back out and put another seven points on the board, or another six points on the board. Mm. Isn't it's is really good. And that kind of bounce back ability is is um is gonna see him well. Bounce back ability. But if he you know he has to have availability as well. So hopefully no one falls on him funny. Well, his offensive sure
0: getting pushed back all the time. It's Yeah, it's that, that the whole mobility thing is is crazy. And like that that is something like there, there's, there seems to be no such thing as a statuesque quarterback anymore. It's something that you were essentially yeah. alluding to. I don't to. think and kids learn it that, th- that th- way
1: anymore. Unless they're no, like 6'5". Like
0: yeah, it's like you, you, you learn to feel where the pressure's coming from and, and know where there's a space that you can move yourself into. Um, and like the, the, there's literally articles about, about it, like comparing these guys, saying like the, the mobility is like, is, is there to see, and, like, Bur- Burrow just moves away from it, he, he has this great feel in the pocket, and, like, pocket presence is is kind of hard to teach because of how many variables there are in it, but it's just this awareness of of things in your peripheral vision, which is really hard when you're wearing a helmet, Yeah. Um, but just know, knowing where these guys are coming from, feeling it, feeling the pressure, but reman- managing to remain unflappable through that. Stepping just like one way to the side to avoid a sack. Uh, Or if some guy is coming in your face, you just, sorry, that's a terrible turn of phrase, uh, coming right at you uh, and uh, you just manage to sidestep them and then they're way past you, but you don't panic and think that you have to get rid of it straight away. You know that because of his momentum, you have another second or so. Step up in the pocket, get yourself another half a second. Boom, hit it. And Justin Herbert's been fantastic in that. He's even shown his rushing ability has been excellent. Um, but to to uh, so far, okay, he's only had two games, and his first one wasn't particularly impressive, but only because he didn't need to be. Um, he he's made some throws. He, he had he had a throw against the Cardinals uh, this week where he, he drops back to pass. The there's some space up in the pocket. He runs forward and just. Throws out to his right on the run, and like he's he's a left-handed quarterback, so it's not an easy throw to make. And both his feet come off the ground, but this ball just finds finds the target like perfectly, and it's 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 an absolutely beautiful throw. It, there's just there's no two ways about it. There's a, and I
1: know cause I know a lot of people are you know very NFL focused, but it's been kind of lost <clears throat> that Tua was the most impressive college quarterback of all time before he got injured. Like mm-hmm. he was the number one pick. There was no question about it. It wasn't Kyler. It wasn't, you know, um, Burrow. It was Tua. Tua was the best player in the country. And then he dislocates yeah. his hip. And people Well, like people it don't wasn't, know if it wasn't, he's gonna um, come back. So hmm. it's like I'm not surprised at all that he's gonna be good. i uh, you know, I I'm I'm on the Tua train. I think What's going to happen is as this all evolves and we see these kind of games where quarterbacks are literally throwing it 40 times, they're being one of the highest rushers. I think the Cowboys nearly won um, on Sunday with like 60 yards running. Like they, they didn't yeah. run the ball at all. <laughs> um, and that was with Garrett Gilbert. So the the look of a quarterback is going to change. I think these boys that were going to be quarterbacks in high school are now like the Zacherts and the George Kiddos, and they're being told to play tight end and they're going for the smaller faster guys to be the quarterbacks so I think it's a coaching thing at a kids level it's going to be a coaching thing in college football.
0: Um, you say that but then you, you, you run into the anomaly that seems to be Justin Herbert right now who who is this tall statuesque kind of guy but I think that's a. Statuesque is the wrong way of putting it. He is a, he is a yeah, quarterback. He is, he is a proper athlete. Case. He is a quarterback. Like,
1: you know, he's literally. Yeah. The, if you were the cast, someone to be a quarterback in a Lifetime movie. It's Justin Herbert, you know? <laughs> they. Yeah, some maybe people maybe just grow up a bit yeah, and get rid of Some people just, of the just simples, are yeah. quarterbacks. Um, they, they carry themselves like quarterback and obviously have the talent. But I think when it comes down to teams in high school and college that don't know. What way to go i think most teams are going to start looking at these mobile smaller quarterbacks who give them more options in the run game and let them spread it out a bit more um yeah i think we're seeing that like trey lance justin fields even um you know the the lad from byu um zach wilson are all mobile quarterbacks like incredibly mobile quarterbacks um and then but then you still have the outlier that Trevor Lawrence is probably more of a traditional quarterback, but he is just ridiculous. So, yeah, he's, he's yeah, totally. <laughs> there's, not, there's not enough teams in the NFL for the amount of quarterbacks coming out.
0: No, true. We noticed um, that. Like, there's going to be four that, in the first round next year as well. Yeah. And then you're going to probably oh, have, but, yeah, probably have Darnold
1: so. as a free agent and Garoppolo as a free agent. And
0: yeah, there's not going to be much landing spots. For. That's a point, actually. Uh, that's something we probably need to, to talk about. Maybe we won't jump on people's backs too quickly just yet, but uh, we need to maybe have a look at, you know, which teams are going to be moving on from their quarterbacks next season in our eyes. Because uh, there should be some interesting talking points there, given the options that are available to them and just how the seasons are going so far. But I can give you yeah, one. maybe that's a future one. No, not yet, not yet. Save it for next time, Dan. <laughs> not happening. Um, right, so talking about Justin Herbert. Uh, first of all, do we apologise for not believing in him yet? No. Really? Um, I am. I am. I am
1: steadfast in my <laughs> in my belief that he isn't actually that great. Um, look, he's good, but they haven't won many. Games. Like, he's still got to win games. So, um, yeah, I'm but holding like, is off. it his fault? Yeah, I know, but I'm holding off. I also don't really. Ooh, wow. Be
0: bored about the Chargers. Um... <laughs> oh, I mean, like my. This is coming from a Broncos fan, right? I I don't like the Chargers. I'm not allowed to. Um, but Justin Herbert's been really doing something uh, this season. Like there was there was times where he maybe like he's been unrefined, and he's had big plays, and so there's been that that trade off, and he he he's been like unsustainably good. In the, the, sorry, yeah, unsustainably good in the unsustainable aspects of his game um, and it's been the things that are supposed to be sustainable that he's not been so good in but yeah it, it, it's, it's difficult to quite say whether or not he is going to be elite all pro sort of level but he's, he's certainly not doing himself any harm it's just that the rest of his team is are, are the Chargers the most unlucky team in NFL history or are they just really poorly coached Like really poor play decisions, really poor clock management. Um, Is it just Anthony Lynn's fault? Um,
1: He he does seem to have some issues in the fourth quarter, and whether or not in the end
0: some issues, whether or not (laughs) it's an
1: understatement. In in the end, it's his fault. I think it the buck rests with him. Um, Mm -hmm. Just like on the other side of it, how the Titans can win in the red zone and win games because of Rabel and the the Dolphins can destroy the Rams because of Flores you have to say that maybe the Chargers lose games in the fourth quarter because of Lynn you know he's the guy getting yeah, so... paid he's the head coach so um, I'd be like, if you've got Herbert and you've got Eckler and Keenan Allen and you've got an okay offensive line I'd be looking at like the enemy or something like I think
0: they have to I think it maybe it's time for a change there because they're Drastically underachieving with this roster. Yeah, like that's supposed to be a good defense, and they're just not doing anything with yeah, it. and they're gonna have like, uh, offensive lines. Of always been a problem. Eckler has been hurt, but Eckler hasn't been needed when you've had Justin Herbert throwing the ball up like he has. Uh, in some cases, not even to his prime wide receivers. Um, yeah, they, they look good. Um, until they don't, which is all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just just quickly, because we've only really had uh, two games of them so far, and um, I'm going to reach out to a friend of the show, Neil Shepard, shortly, and and ask for his assessment on how he thinks this particular guy is going so far. What's your thoughts on Tua to this point? Um, He
1: is a star, and the Dolphins fans should be really excited. Um, I think they've got a steal getting him at number five. And it's the kind of talent that if he stays healthy changes a franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of just talent level. Like his brother, for example, was at Alabama, transferred to Maryland. And Maryland are like doing amazing this year because his brother's amazing as well. It's this talent you can't teach. <laughs> These guys are so good. And I think both the uh, Tongue of Iloes are going to be in the NFL for a long time. So I, mm, I am definitely on board the tour train. As I said earlier on, I thought that I didn't end up watching the whole game through, but I watched about three quarters of the Cardinals and Dolphins like like live. And yeah. then I had to go and do some work. But, mm-hmm. but they, they were really impressive. The game was just really fun. And if this is the way the NFL is going, I'm all for it, you know. Um, but Tua's not quite got the same speed on the corner that Kyler has. But he's also still learning the playbook. And the playbook isn't necessarily designed for him at the moment. There, there are a few plays that look very fit's Magic-esque. You know, like the kind of breaking to the right, breaking to the left because he's left-handed and just kind of throwing these darts. I don't know if that's quite Tua's game. But Hmm. there's going to be a lot more play action, a lot more bootlegs with Tua. And once they start to kind of implement those packages, I think every week he's going to improve. Like the Dolphins might not win some of these games, but I think every week we're going to see little things improve with him.
0: Yeah. I think uh, the the sky's the limit. Look for Tua. If he
1: gets through this season and plays the next, you know, seven games with no injuries and just gets to play mm-hmm. seven games in a row competitively and maybe get a, a wild card weekend in I think people should be scared <laughs> yeah um, if he, so if he gets what, a cut whats, your, what's and your thoughts and on then and doesn't end the season like they they bend they put take him out for fit health reasons it might yeah. take a bit longer but if he gets a run yeah I think it's it's gonna compound
0: his growth is gonna
1: exponentially grow.
0: Just real quickly, uh, what's your thoughts on their reasoning for taking out Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is it because, despite the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick was getting these wins and was playing pretty well, that Tua is just the better quarterback? Is it just that they wanted to like, move on to the future as soon as possible? Or is it that Tua is already having to prove himself because the Dolphins are already getting a really high pick in the draft next season because of the Laramie Tunsil trade to the Texans, which at the moment has them with the number four overall pick. Because this, is, like, this isn't this is me saying this, right? But people are saying, sorry, some people, some people are saying that perhaps that's the case already and that the Dolphins are just like, right, okay, he needs to prove himself now. Because if he doesn't prove himself now, like a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow, then we move on to A Trey Lance or a Justin Fields. (laughs) I will. Okay, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that. Laugh. A
1: GM that chops two of the Trey Lance. Um, The I think the actual reason, and it's a really boring reason, but I think they always plan to go to two in the bye week, but because of COVID, their bye week got moved from week eleven to week five or week six Mm. or whatever it was, and I think they just went with it. I don't think it's anything. You know, scary or, you know, subservient. <laughs> like it's just the case that you got a feel for Fitzpatrick. Though, but, yeah, that's um, not but u- that's ultimately. Not his right, fault, r- but you know, he's had a career. He's getting paid like twenty million to be a <coughs> chicken. He
0: he's he's not the future of that franchise. No. Tua has to be.
1: Who's a star and the Dolphins? You know the the whole drafting a guy. You know, number five in a heavy draft. Where's thirteen? You know, I think the. It just it's kinda of lined up for the Dolphins and I'd be excited if I was their fan base. You know, this is an opportunity, the Patriots aren't very good. The Bills are good, but I don't know how how um how long that they can sustain that. Um I think if the Dolphins have Flores and Tua and that defense they can sustain some kind of, you know, um success for an extended period. So
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like basically, you you kind of alluded to it before. Um, for for the for, for several years, I mean, for maybe about three four years, pretty much when he first appeared on the scene, it was Tua is the guy. It was always tank for Tua. It's been that for for several years. It's just a matter of when the teams go into that mode. Yeah, it was never like it was it was never like you know bungle for borrow or anything like that. It was always tank for Tua. Tua was the prize until his injury. And now the Dolphins have it, so like you have to you have to give it to them. Unless like, but barring a horrific injury, Tua is the guy, and he's going to be a star in this league for a long time.
1: Yeah, there's a few things that Tua can still do. You know, he's only just come back. Um, If I'm the GM's, the GM of the Dolphins and his coach, I'm looking at that that corner speed and. How do we get the hips to a point where we can cut, shave a few seconds off that 40? Because, well, not three seconds, but a few, you know, hundreds of a second off that 40. Because that will make a difference in how much he gets hit. Like, we're seeing it with Mayfield. We saw it a bit with um, the lad in um, the, the Jaguars. Um, if you're not quick enough around the corner, you get hit more. So um, <coughs> it's going to be a process, but hopefully they can just build it as they go and give him the, the the game time and the reps and the training so that he he gets the feel for it again because um, he's definitely got the tools It's yeah. gonna be a lot of you know managing his body and knowing how to take a hit and all that stuff because the injury he got was like his own player falling on him he like dislocated his hip yeah. because of like it was so he got unfortunate. like sacked through an offensive lineman um and it was just and it's because he just landed on his side under the ball. Offensive linemen are big dudes. Yeah, he like dislocated his hip between the ball and the the line, the lineman. Like it's just, just bad luck, and that's all it is sometimes. But you know, if he can get a couple of a little bit quicker on the forty, and and grows with the the packages they're putting in the thing, I, I don't think yeah. there's any question. I think they're gonna be able to draft a an offensive lineman like Sewell or. Go for another, go for one of his weapons from Alabama. You know, wide receivers. They're
0: going to be able to do whatever they want with that fourth pick. Um, Entirely possible. They they have some incredible draft capital, and um, like I I think if this isn't the Dolphins' year, um, they're not far away from it. They're they are building something which was previously historically bad, and it could be working towards something which you know it's certainly desirable. Um, it's certainly looking to be exciting. They're getting there. Like the Dolphins are watchable every week now.
1: Yeah. And look, they, they lost out, they, they moved on from Fitzpatrick, Um, you know, from Minka. And maybe that was a mistake, but they were able to get Wilkins with that pick. So,
0: yeah, they, they got the capital and like that, that's it. Cause like they would have had to pay uh, Minka Fitzpatrick loads of money and they're just, they're, they're working on that that money ball tactic it's just like right okay this guy's done move him on because we don't have to pay money just now get in the young guys get lots of opportunities to take swings on these guys as well and uh, yeah I'm with you on the whole like get themselves get them in a wide receiver now to, to really cause some havoc uh, on the offensive side of the ball with Miami um, right okay so um, just to sort of finish things up uh, I'm going to just kind of make up a few real quick rapid fire questions and I want you to just give me some relatively quick answers. So I'm just gonna like flick through teams and just throw you something, okay? Okay. Okay, because we need to try and uh, wrap up real quick. So uh, what's your thoughts on how Carolina have performed to this point, even without Christian McCaffrey for most of the season? Uh, he's He was back, but it looks like he's maybe out of it again for this week, uh, but they're still causing teams problems. Are they good? Or are they not as good as we think? Um, they are performing above their station, but
1: um, they're NFL, an NFL team, they're professionals, and they're doing their job. They just don't have enough tools to do more.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm with you on that. Um <clears throat> Who's going to finish second in the NFC North? Uh, the, or even, even first, if you want to change it around, um, Packers are only trailed by the Bears by one game, but I think the Bears have lost three straight. Um, Vikings are gaining up on the Bears. Lions, they're not looking so great, but, you know, who really knows? Uh, Bears, Vikings, Lions. Um, Who's finishing top out of those three? It's a coin flip <laughs> between the Bears and the Vikings and... I
1: kind of hope that the the coin explodes and kills me. Oh, okay, very good. Um, <laughs> this is not gonna. Neither of them are gonna do anything. Although, like <laughs> the Vikings, had probably been more frisky in the playoffs. They probably they might be able to do what they did to the Saints again. Um, you know, yeah. and win a game they shouldn't. But <sighs> they've got
0: Dalvin Cook healthy. Yeah, and, I, I uh, think that's seemingly he, he is the most impactful running back at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably enough. Let's go Vikings.
0: Yeah, sure. Good idea okay did you watch patriots jets no good uh does adam gase still have a job with the jets yes because there's why because
1: there's no point in attacking them until they have to it's just i think maybe now just, they're just hanging on yeah, it's just, paperwork. just making sure that it's complete it's paperwork they don't want to do um i saw yeah, one of the guys lazy. from the ringer making the joke that will um bull gase uh turn down you know, reject the the, the firing.
0: <laughs> we like ask for a recount. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite it's quite simple. Yeah. It's ownership that just says, "No, you're you're done." And he'll be like, "Look at the numbers." No, I'm not. I'm not done. Um, no nah, Yeah, he's, he's just going to barricade of... himself inside his office yeah. and keep
1: calling plays. He's he'll be there till at least like week thirteen, probably. Um and then they start might like, start moving on once they know where the draft board's kind of sitting and I I, I kind of feel okay. for Joe Douglas because I
0: think Gace was hired before he got the job and it hasn't gone very well. Not really. Okay. Uh, one last question. I just want to check in with you here. How are you feeling about the Browns? Uh, it's a uh, evolutionary
1: process and. Um. Five and three is better than zero and sixteen or one and thirty-two. So let's.
0: oh well, I think that's that's more games than you won in not last season but the previous like three seasons combined. So. So we'll take it. Look, I it's, think it's certainly progress. I think they are saying that
1: Odell's surgery went mm-hmm. well, and you know that's going to be a good thing to trade. Um, I. Yeah. I like Landry. I like <clears throat> the offensive line's really good. The the thing is Baker. Like if if. There's Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and we're not going to get Lawrence, obviously, but like even Fields. If some of these players drop, does, do they think about it? Cause he, I think you have to. he's just stage, not like, like I keep saying it, but it's important. Like <coughs> Baker is just not as quick as he was meant to be. No, he's not. Definitely not. So on all the things they did for the draft to get him number one, he was meant to have this like breakaway pace like like lateral pace so he can make throws. At the moment he doesn't have it and he's getting caught from behind, which is leading to fumbles and misthrown thrown passes because he's getting pressure. He just can't escape. Yeah. And the the whole system that they're trying to design is kind of that Rams fullback, you know, system where, you know, you have to break out and you're dumping the ball off to these talented receivers but he's getting caught by pressure more than he should be um, I think he also comes away from plays too much like he'll he'll call an audible yeah. at the line when he shouldn't and it always seems to be audible into like verticals and he just doesn't have the accuracy just now to pull it off and they've given him all these weapons but he still seems to want to go to Njoku and Higgins um, mm. or sorry is it Richard Higgins yeah Like, they don't. He doesn't seem to use the Landrys, you know? And the Hoopers. Yeah. He's like got his mates, and they're the ones that are always. He's always going to. So he's not making the more difficult passes to guys that are like properly covered. He's making predictable dump off passes to guys that aren't quite there.
0: Is that his fault or is that the play calling's fault? I think it's his fault.
1: Because I think Mm. we've seen with the clever play calling they've had and the trick plays that. You know, things can happen. I think he's just getting a bit caught. But I'm not... I love Baker, and I think as a franchise, he's the type of player you want. But he has to start kind of believing in himself again. I think he's kind of lost that a little bit. And now he's on the COVID list, so... Yeah,
0: not, not ideal.
1: Yeah. But I think, um... like we might get the, the seventh you know, spot in the playoffs, but it's a very competitive AFC. And we have to steal... Steal one of the games against the Ravens and the Steelers um, to have any chance. I think if we get sweep swept by those four games, then there's no point in even going to the playoffs. Um, yeah. So, well, we'll see. I am, you know, Miles Garrett's still the best, probably the best defensive player statistically this season, and um, they'll get a few players back on defense as well. So, ah, that was okay. a long way how of about... saying.
0: That they're probably going to go eight and eight. <laughs> okay, um, ha, like I'm just going to Actually, it's probably not going to matter really. No, no I, I was going to I was going to throw out like a silly draft to trade uh, like prospect for you, but at the moment I, I was going to say who would you send Baker Mayfield to in order to move up in the draft? And there's not really that many who might need it. Um, who don't think that they'd be better better served by using that pick on a quarterback themselves um yep yeah, Nope. throw that one out otherwise uh I don't know let's see. you guys make your way in the playoffs right uh San Francisco 49ers are are down quite low um but you put together a package that includes sending Baker Mayfield there and you end up with the uh 15th overall pick and you get an opportunity to take Trey Lance is that something that you would see as an upgrade? No, Lance
1: isn't going that low. And I wouldn't see that as an upgrade at the moment. Um Okay.
0: I think I think that's fair. I think but like if you got the opportunity to move really far up in the draft, uh you, you would would you take it? Or would you say, no, Baker is, Baker is better to have right now I think than Baker's starting better over to again, have again right the
1: now. The question's gonna come when we have to pay him. Yeah. Um and he's getting paid, you know. <laughs> he's getting paid everywhere. Yeah. But and we have to start paying him the thirty million a year kind of vibes. I don't know if um that will be that will be where the difficult questions start coming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, like I'm beginning to run out of breath and uh, coughing a lot more than I was earlier on. So I think we've we've managed to cover quite a lot and it's been a little bit over a cool hour so um I' say we we call it that there sounds good um but but yeah but, but it's been good. I, I quite like this format it's not too intensive and uh, just talking about stuff which is obvious. it gives us an opportunity to actually delve into what we want to talk about, which I hope is what people want to hear um but of course, if people decide otherwise then they can let us know so um yep hit us up if you decide that um but um other than that thank you very much for joining us darren any final thoughts nope i will um you'll hear from us next week <laughs> we will do a podcast beautiful next week. sounds good uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna try and actually get this uh evened out with more predictable uh, recording time so we'll get more predictable release times again um you know we just had a lot going on um like like i said before but uh um, yeah, we'll maybe see about getting a few other people in, involved as well. So, uh, as mentioned earlier on, Neil Shepard, if you're listening, I am putting a call out to you. You are on 20 watch for the next couple of weeks, and then I want to hear your thoughts on your guy. And I'm talking everything. I'm talking every single throw. I want it all analyzed, all graded. Let us know what you think, because I'm going to come for you. All right, then. And on that note, um, thank you all very much for joining us and you should hopefully catch us next week yeah stay safe everyone stay safe out there all the best guys love you see you bye